Well, good morning, church. It is great to be together. I'm Reverend Jeff, one of the pastors here. It's been a pretty good morning so far. A lot has gone on. Pretty good music this morning. Am I right? Great opportunity to hear about Murphy Harps and our mission project there, getting to recognize veterans. A lot goes on here at Northside Church. It's a busy place. And if you're a member of Northside Church, you are part of something big, a group that is doing something important in our community and beyond. Northside Church, it's great to be here and celebrate and praise and worship on a Sunday morning, but our work goes beyond Sunday morning into every day of the week. So thank you for being a part of that work. This morning, we are asking the question, who are you? It's a question that we ask and that we answer all the time in our life. It's a question of identity. And if we let it, if we are intentional about the way that we ask and answer this question, it is a foundational question for all of our life, every area. Now, sometimes we wear name tags like this to answer the question, who am I? And just this past week, I was here at the church and my three-year-old son, Carson, saw my name tag. And with that instinctive, inquisitive nature of a toddler, he took it and flipped it upside down. Like he was letting me read it so I could figure out who I was. And I asked him, Carson, what do you think that says? And without looking at the name tag, he looked at me and said, Carson? And I said, no, son, that's your name. So he quickly pivoted and said, Carson's dad? And that's about as good of an identification as I could give for myself at this stage in life. There are a lot of ways that we define ourselves. That's what Dr. Bill was talking about in the children's sermon. We're all children. Some of us are spouses, employees, or siblings. You might be a committee member, a board member, a club member. Maybe you're an athlete or a sports fan, an alumni, or Perhaps you call yourself a Christian. There are a lot of ways we can answer the question, who am I? But I want to read a passage from the Bible that asks this question in a little bit of a different way. It's a story that comes from the book of Exodus about a man named Moses. And the story picks up in the beginning of chapter 3 while Moses is out tending to his father-in-law's flock in the bush next to him, bursts into flame, but does not burn up. The Bible says, Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. If I were Moses, I would have added a few extra words in the middle of that thought, but he doesn't. Moses hears a voice from God and hears God call his name. God tells Moses, take off your sandal. Where you are standing is holy ground. And he offers an introduction. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. And I've heard my people's pain, your people's pain. And so we'll pick up in this reading, Exodus chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. Hear the Holy Scripture. God says, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this 
mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, open our hearts that we might hear from you, that we might respond to you because we know who you are. Amen. This story of Moses in Exodus is a foundational story for Jewish people for thousands of years, for Christians for thousands of years, and it reminds us of God's promise for you and for me when things seem impossible or when we feel like we are in the dark. Moses asks the question, who am I? But he's not actually asking a question of identity, is he? No, his is a rhetorical question. He's looking for the answer to be nobody. Who am I? Nobody. I'm certainly not good enough for this thing that you have called me to, God. It's as if Moses is hoping that God's response to him will be, you know what, Moses? You're right. I can't use you. I'm not actually going to call. You're not strong enough. You're not faithful enough. You're not powerful enough to this task that I've called. I'll find somebody else, Moses. Don't worry. But that's not how God responds, is it? No, instead, God's response to the question, who am I to do such a thing, is to simply say, I will be with you. See, it doesn't matter who Moses feels like. It doesn't matter that Moses feels like he's nobody, that he feels like he isn't powerful. The reality is God will be with Moses. Because sometimes... All we need when we are facing something that feels impossible is to know that God will be with us. And it's easy to feel like we are up against something impossible. Imagine a high school student. Perhaps she's about to graduate, and the dream school she envisioned always going to feels impossible and at this point, maybe even her backup school is an impossibility. She doesn't know who she is if she's not a student, if she isn't going to the best school. All of high school has been about getting a high enough GPA. And even before that, in middle school, it was about taking the advanced classes before that, her identity was in school, staying up late, studying the flashcards with her parents, always striving for academic excellence. It had become her identity. And on top of all this academic pressure, there was the social pressure to fit in, to find her place, to find the extracurricular activities that would make her application even better. It all created a place where her identity was caught up in school, and the next step seems impossible. Imagine a businessman who began his career, jumped from firm to firm, trying to find a place where he, he could climb the ladder, and he does. 
He finds the job, and he begins getting promotion after promotion. He's successful, but more and more he invests in his work. He spends countless days on the road, nights taking clients out to dinner. Every morning he wakes up early to prepare for the work ahead of him. He burns the candle at both ends, staying up late, but the notifications, the emails from the coworkers and the clients, they just, they never stop. And he might go out to a party. If somebody asks him, well, what do you do? He's proud to respond. He's proud to talk about this job. But when asked what he does outside of work, he's at a loss for words. He doesn't know who he is because his identity is wrapped up in his job. Finding something more begins to feel more and more impossible. Or imagine a parent who has kids that are out of the house now. For the last couple of decades, every decision of the parent's life is about that child When do they wake up? Where should they live? Where should they go to school? What activities to be involved in? How do I get one kid to this place, another kid to the other place? How do I keep this kid happy? How can this kid be successful? Who will my child be? All the while forgetting to ask herself, who who am I? So exhausted and drained, sometimes she feels lost in her own skin. And this next stage of life, which should have so much hope, is scary to imagine. Sometimes the future is impossible to imagine. For each person, for each of us, sometimes the way forward feels impossible and feels difficult. Sometimes the world around us feels dark. There are pressures from all over, and we ask ourselves the question, Who am I? And instead of answering that question directly, God says, I will be with you. No matter what is before you, no matter what impossibility is before you, God is with us. God is not dismissing Moses by not answering this question directly. God is not trying to say that Moses is not good enough. Moses is trying to make the case that God cannot use him. Yet we see by God's response that God's saying no matter what we are called to do in life, no matter how small we feel, God will be with us and will take us through what's before us. So Moses, still uneasy to what he's called to do, pushes back again. Have you pushed back on God multiple times before when God has called you to something? Moses takes a different approach. He says, okay, but who is sending me really? What is your name? And God says, I am who I am. Some translations say, I will be who I will be. God is, period. It's a response that is equally beautiful and grandiose, yet also frustrating and ambiguous. Yet it's the identity and the name that Jesus picks up on when we read through the Gospel of John. Many of you are reading through the Route 66 readings each day with us. And we're about to finish the New Testament this month. We're finishing it by reading the Gospel of John. And maybe you'll notice as you read through John, 
over and over again, Jesus will use a statement, I am blank. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. Jesus, who is God with us, is picking up on the name that God gives to Moses, saying, I will be with you. So yesterday we read from John chapter 8 in our reading, and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now I think this day and age, we forget how powerful light is. I mean, we have, the, we have electricity. We have the ability to never be in the dark if we don't want to. When I leave my kids' rooms at night, I can turn on a nightlight. When I turn off all the lights downstairs before going to bed, I can use my phone as a flashlight. If we want to avoid darkness, we can avoid absolute darkness at any point we want to with artificial light and screens. But this artificial light, the screens, they can't get us through the true darkness of light. Can we? Can they? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And I think he's connecting his identity to the identity that God gives in the story of Exodus. But he's also referencing an event that every single person present would have known about. The festival, the Feast of the Tabernacles. It just happened the chapter before. And it was said that in this Feast of the Tabernacles, one of the three holy festivals that Jewish people would celebrate each year, in the temple court, there would be four large lampstands. And these lampstands were so large, they were so bright, it was said that every single courtyard in all of Jerusalem could see the temple during this feast. In a time when people could not produce light for themselves, they could always see the temple. People could always see that God was with them. Sometimes we feel like we might not be capable of the calling that God has put on our life. Sometimes we feel like we are in the dark, but we can hear Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. And in Jesus, we not only see the city of Jerusalem lit up, but the whole world can see the light of Christ. In our house, we have two versions of this book are you my mother? We have the, the abridged board book version, and we also have the, the extended cut, as I'll call it. This is the story about a baby bird, but when the baby bird is born, the mother was out getting food for this baby bird. Immediately upon uh, being born, the baby bird starts looking he leaves the nest and begins looking for his mother. The baby bird finds a cat. Are you my mother? No response from the cat. Baby bird finds a dog. Are you my mother? No, I'm not your mother. Finds a hen. Finds a cow. Are you my mother? But none of the other animals look quite like him. Finally, the baby bird finds what is called a snort. If you know your diggers, it's an excavator. And the snort picks up the baby bird. Terrified, the baby bird is dropped back into the nest. And shortly after, the mother returns home. 
Just then, the mother bird came back. I know who you are, said the baby bird. You are not a kitten. You are not a hen or a dog. You are not a cow or a snort. You are a bird, and you are my mother. In our life, we look at so many things in the world to define ourselves. We define ourselves with our grades or our jobs or our roles in various families. Yet there's one identity that runs deeper than all others. We are first and foremost children of God. And there comes a moment in our faith when we see God and we realize that God is with us. And we no longer have to look to the things of this world to find our identity, but we look at God face to face and we can say, I know who you are. And when we have that experience, your answer to the question, who am I, changes. We are children of the great I am. Ephesians 5, 8 says, we are children of the light. And in God, there is no darkness at all. So we ask Jesus to shine in our heart that no matter what darkness we are walking through, we will never forget to whom we belong. Would you pray with me? God, we know that you call us your children. We know who we are and whose we are. And you call us to shine a light into the world around us, to shine your light so that all would see the love of Christ. We are confident in who we are in you. So may we live the way you have called us to. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.